Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders! Go, food needs refill! Harp on Sports, the bar, Harp on Sports, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Like, follow, share, subscribe at Harp on Sports. You know the drill on all the platforms, including the Harp on Sports YouTube channel and harponsports.com. What do we have in store for you on this episode? Three things. Always the Holy Trinity of three things, right? Uh, first, foremost, uh, a little College World Series. Whoops. Gwen Berry, little member berries. Yeah. As she protests the national anthem at the Olympic trials. This is something that's going to carry over to the Olympics. Her story's different. It's not the same as everybody else's. I'm okay with protesting. I'm okay with protesting the national anthem. I'm okay with protesting the national anthem at the Olympics. But she did something that, nope, I am not on board with it. I'm not going to tell you what that is. And also, article in the San Francisco Chronicle talking about Tim Tebow running out of options as they're starting to turn their attention. I, I guess writers nationally, people are starting to turn their attention to Tim Tebow and the analysis is what? Well, he's probably not going to make the 53 man roster. Yeah, probably not. But anything that's discussed before the preseason games is meaningless. I'll talk about that as well. I got to start off with the college world series. Uh, uh, NC state. Look, we always teach people that there are consequences for your actions, right? Consequences for your actions. Well, you choose not to get vaccinated, you pay the price. And uh, look, the NCAA gets blamed for a lot of things. Pay attention to people that blame the NCAA with this. The NCAA blew it by what? Testing them for COVID? Tested all the Vanderbilt kids. They're all vaccinated. They came back clean. Tested the NC State players. They came back positive. Not all of them. Some of them. The only ones that were allowed to play were the vaccinated ones. The ones that caught COVID were a health risk. And this whole thing that, well, if you're vaccinated... Do you have nothing to worry about? Yeah, but what if you're not vaccinated? Could you imagine baseball player keeling over because he has a heart ailment? I, I I always ask for solutions when somebody presents a problem. It's only a problem if you have a solution. The NCAA made a mistake. What should they have done? Try those kids out there and let them play? Try those adults out there and let them play? They chose not to get vaccinated. Fine. What they did was cost themselves a chance to win a national championship. John Rahm cost himself a tournament a couple weeks ago, a month ago. Chris Paul, look, the Suns survived it. Chris Paul could have cost the Suns a trip to the NBA Finals. And if you get the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine, look, this it's funny how we politicize a virus, isn't it? Politicize a vaccine, health. Politicize polio or mumps or measles, unless we were giving um, smallpox smallpox blankets to Native Americans, then we kind of politicize that a little bit. That's more of a genocide thing. But still, nonetheless, this is one of these things that I look at and I, oh, these poor NC State kids. Poor what? Chose not to get vaccinated. These are the consequences. They are. Don't we teach people personal responsibility all the time? Oh, you choose not to wear protection. You get somebody pregnant. Oh, well, your, your responsibility. Teach people responsibility all the time. Lock your door. Oh, you left your door unlocked. Somebody robbed you. It's your fault. Baseball players, not going to get vaccinated. Fine. Baseball coach came out of NC State and said, I didn't want to push my political thoughts. And uh, Look, you can play this game all you want. What, the NCAA is not at fault at this. NC State is. The students are. 
actions have consequences. You don't get vaccinated, you test positive. And then I keep seeing stories where, well, look, the uh, a bunch, ones that tested positive were vaccinated. How do you know that? That's what I'm hearing. They didn't release any information on that. You can't. See, there's where HIPAA comes into play. There's where they come into play. That that because that's where health officials share information with you. You can't share information with people if you're a health official. That's HIPAA. Me asking you for your vaccine card isn't HIPAA. If I run a business, that has nothing to do with HIPAA. That's not a HIPAA violation. HIPAA violation is when a medical professional, somebody involved in the medical field, releases your health information. Did it come from them? Well, this is what we're hearing. Mm-mm. From who? It was a tweet that went out by a couple of bloggers and then it blew up. It's like, you're, this is what we're hearing. You're hearing? Don't feel bad for him. I don't. And just over the course of the last month, this thing, it's funny because things are opening up. It's like, well, what about testing the 25,000 fans that are there? What about them? They're not playing the game. They're not. They kill over. A fan in the stands gets COVID and kills over and dies. Okay, personal responsibility when it comes to that, that's fine. But if you have a if you have a baseball player that gets COVID, that dies on the field, then what? You're gonna you're gonna be cool with the NCAA? Then could you imagine for one second if the one second if one of those players from NC State they test them, they test positive, they put them out there and play, one of them dies? Now what? Oh well, then the breaks. You're never gonna say that. Oh, the NCAA blew it. The the NCAA is one of these things that people just love to blame. Like Republicans have blamed Biden for everything and Democrats have blamed Trump for everything. People just like to blame things. Blame the man. Blame the man. Blame the coach. Blame the referees. Like the NCAA makes plenty of mistakes and they deserve to be criticized for them. This wasn't one of them. This wasn't one of them. And is this a, a lesson that people can learn? I, I hope so. Don't want to get vaccinated? That's fine. Look at everyday life. You're fine. You don't want to do that? Okay. Don't. Should you're a fool if you don't, but well, who are they going to give it to? And I think how funny how cavalier people are with other people's lives. Well, let let them play, let them play full of sickness. Would you want a kid playing full with pneumonia? It's not just sucking it up and getting over it. It's not a sore muscle or oh, they sick and they don't feel good or no. I just look at reports out there of athletes and how sick they are and how weak they are. Well, they're asymptomatic. They're asymptomatic. Okay. Have them go run and sprint a double. Lung, remember, there's a respiratory infection. Guys got out there laboring. It's 90 degrees. You're going to have them run from, let's say one of them hits a triple. Shortness of breath. They've got COVID. I, I just think this is so interesting. It's like, well, we, well, what? What is there to do? What was your solution? We could push the College World Series back a week. That's real fair to Mississippi State. Real fair to Vanderbilt. Let's wait a week. You can just sit around then. No, this is one of these things where you get to the end of your one runway. You make a mistake, you get burned for it. Zero sympathy for NC State. None. None. I feel bad a little bit for the players that were vaccinated. They get burned here. But as a whole unit, as a group, sorry. And college football, if I'm a college football coach and I'm looking around, I'm like, Guess what, gang? We're not we're not forfeiting a game in the middle of the year because the SEC and other conferences, this is the next debate. This is the next discussion. What do you do if there's an outbreak again? Because last year there's an outbreak of COVID. It's like, oh guy, we got COVID here. We got to delay some games. Florida's game against LSU was pushed back, right? That got moved back. You you have games that got moved around. We moved 
football moved a lot of things. Football games are being moved. The NFL had a bunch of games that were moved around. What do you do this year if a team, a football team has nine guys test positive, 10 guys that test positive? It's like, oh, we had a COVID outbreak. Um, Let's delay the game. Oh, no, that's a loss. No, 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 no. We're not delaying a bunch of games this fall. This is the next step in this. You just saw what happened here. You just saw what happened. It happened with the NCAA tournament, with VCU. It just happened with NC State. And it's going to happen to some team. Mark my words. There's going to be a team this fall in football. It's going to have a COVID outbreak, and they're going to want to postpone the game. Nope, that's a forfeit. It's a a loss. Nope. I'm okay with what the PGA does. If you get vaccinated, we're not going to test you. So, zero sympathy for NC State. Some for the vaccinated guys. As a team, as a unit, as a whole, this banging on the NCAA, it's just it's clueless is what it is. It's just complaining to complain. People complain about the officials. That's the worst call I've ever seen. I, I chalk this up complaining about the NCAA are the same people that complain that the tournament's rigged and the NBA finals are rigged. And yes, you bet. Nothing what the NBA wants more than the Atlanta Hawks around, let me tell you. So there's that. Um, to this, Gwen Berry. Gwen Berry, track and field, U.S. women's team, upset. She's on the podium, finished third, right? And she's upset because she thinks she was set up during the national anthem. They played it at this time. They were going to play it at this time. She didn't want to be a part of it, didn't want to be out there for it. Um, So she sat there with her hand on her hip, and she's an activist, and the national anthem doesn't mean anything for her. And it... She doesn't care. She's an activist, an athlete activist. Oh, oh, okay. She's against system, you know, systemic racism. Oh, okay. That's great. You know, Colin Kaepernick took a knee for police brutality. He wasn't protesting the flag. He wasn't protesting the anthem. He was using those platforms to get attention. Colin Kaepernick never came out and said he was anti-flag. Colin Kaepernick never came out and said he was anti-anthem. Here's where I'm different, where I take a step back and say, I'm okay with what Colin Kaepernick did. I'm okay with what Megan Rapino did. I'm going to take a knee to support you. I'm going to take a knee to support you. We're going to take a knee for police brutality. We're going to take a knee for George Floyd. I'm okay with all of that. They were taking a knee for different things, for what they believed in, for what they fought for. She's the first person that came out and said, I don't believe in the flag. I don't believe in that. Whoa, that's different. Colin Kaepernick wasn't anti-flag. He wasn't anti-anthem. He was using that opportunity to draw attention to himself. Right or wrong, his right. She has the right to do it too. But this is one of these things where I'm okay. If you want to approach, she wants to do this. This is fine. But I'm not getting on that train. This is one of the first. This is one of the first times I'm not getting on the train. Why? Because she came out and made it about the flag, made it about the anthem. Everybody else said it's not about that. Gotcha. She said, "Well, the flag. I don't. The anthem doesn't mean anything. The flag. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, now, now you're you're doing something that hasn't been done yet. This is what you're saying. You're saying it's about the anthem and the flag, systemic racism. But you're protesting the flag. Wait, wait, wait. The anthem doesn't mean anything. Wait, wait. Now, now we've got convoluted points crossing. You got like three or four things going on here. What's it about? Well, what's it about? Is it about this? Is it about that? What's this? What's the rub here? Because now I'm confused." The anthem doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, that's okay, but nobody else has said that. You're the first one to realize she's the first one to say that. Gwen Berry is the first person that's protested during the anthem for whatever reason in the last three years, four years, five years since Kaepernick's been doing it. This is the first person that came out and say, "I, I don't." The anthem doesn't mean anything to me. 
First person that said that. Everybody else, I'm, I'm, I'm raising awareness. I'm raising awareness. She was raising awareness for herself. I'm an athlete activist. Wait, nobody else has said that. It's been about a cause. It's been about a cause. Her quotes, and she has the right to do it, but it's about her. Colin Kaepernick was about police brutality. Every people that were doing this, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, you know, 50 plus years ago, 60 years ago almost, that was about something else, right? It was about equality, and, and they had their point in which they did it, which was peaceful. This is one of these things, and look, what she did was peaceful as well, but to do it the way she did it, and it's like, oh, well, look, I don't mind if you protest, but it was the quotes that came afterwards. I'm like, wait a second, this is not about that then. It's about you. Okay, you want to make it about you. Okay, if she sits there and pouts on the podium. But the other thing, it's like, I don't know why they had to play that. No, no, no. Again, this is where I'm different. I don't mind if you protest the anthem, but you don't have the right to tell them they can't play it. I don't know why they played it. They shouldn't have played it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's something different. Now you want your right to protest, but you don't want somebody else's right to. No, no, no. I'm okay with the national anthem being played. I'm okay with you sitting there and not being a part of it. And we can get into the semantics of whether or not you're going to play for Team USA and, you know, what's the point of going if you're going to be there for Team USA, but she's there for herself. But she's there. Look, there's like six different avenues there that you can go down that road if you want. That's a different rabbit hole. That's over here. I'm over here with the, I'm okay if they play it. I'm okay if you don't want to, if you want to sit there and you want to, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, as long as she's not there making, you know, gestures and bumping other people off the podium and you want to draw attention you want to stand there and draw attention to yourself go ahead and she did that great but she did it for a cause but there was two other causes besides uh, I'm, I'm here for you know institutional racism okay that flag doesn't mean anything to me okay that that's something else that we haven't heard yet from anybody in the last five years and i'm an i'm an activist i'm an activist first athlete second well that's about you that it's not about systematic racism it's about you we've got different things going here Support you to protest all you want, but then you don't get to tell the Olympic Committee we, uh, they shouldn't have played it. No, 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 no. They can play it. You just don't have to stand for it. Different converging viewpoints here. There's that that I just kind of... Okay. Okay, Gwen. You, you lost me on this one. You did. If you just stand there with your arms folded on the podium, that's fine. Came out and said, you know, I'm here for George Floyd and the systematic racism that exists in America. Okay. But once you went down the flag, the path of flag doesn't mean anything to me. I, I don't care about that. Well, wait a second. That's not what anybody else. Nobody else has ever said that. And I'm an activist athlete. What, well, now it's about you, not about it. More about you than the cause. Protest one. Um, the other thing, uh, Tim Tebow's in the news again, not for anything that he's done because they broke OTAs in camp a couple of weeks ago. Article in the San Francisco Chronicle about Tom, Tim Tebow is running out of options. You know, and you had a story last week where Urban Meyer talked about how tough it's going to be to make the 53-man roster if you're Tim. It's tough to make the 53-man roster, period. You get you know, 90 people that are invited to camp. They cut 37 of them. What helps Tim a little bit this go-around as opposed to four or five years ago where you had, what was it? You had, was it 90 guys at camp? And then did we go from 90 to 80 and then 80 to 63. I can't remember. I can't. It's been four or five years ago. Now. I can't remember exactly how it went. But you used to be able to, you had three different cut lines, right? You had your camp and then you had your initial cuts and then you had second cuts and then you had third cuts. You, you basically had three different cuts. You had to get down to the 53 man roster after the final preseason game. And I think you're out there. Were they out there with 75 guys then for that? I can't remember what the number was. I keep thinking 65, but I thought it was 75. 
I thought when you went, maybe it wasn't. Maybe you went 90, 80, or 90 to 80 to 70 to 53. Is that what it was? 90, 80. Start off at 90, 80, 70, 53. See? I can't, it's been four years. I can't believe I forgot this already, this number. But it's changed where it just goes from 90 to 53. So you cut 37 guys final, following the final preseason game. Tim Tebow's value is going to be entirely based in those games. Entirely based in those three preseason games. Preseason play means more to Tim Tebow than it does to almost anybody else on the Jaguars. Why? Because we don't know what role Urban Meyer has envisioned for him. You put him out there as a tight end, he's going to get to play a ton. A lot of the starters aren't going to play, right? You got Instead of four preseason games, you got three. The first one, you're in there for a series or so. The second preseason game was the one where they would play a quarter, quarter and a half. The third preseason game, they play until halftime. Fourth preseason game, don't play at all. So I don't, I, you know, that that's just basically how things have ran over time. I'm going to be interested to see what this preseason looks like. This, this with a new, you still get a drive in the first game, drive in a half, then an entire half in the second game, then third game, nobody gets in there. Either way, Tim Tebow is going to have the ability to play over half the preseason. Do they work packages? Does he throw the ball at all? Where does he line up? Is he a tight end exclusively? Is he in the slot? Is he in the backfield? What does he do? So this whole thing about, well, Tim Tebow may not make the roster. It's called... Having a debate on whether or not Tim Tebow is going to make the team or not is irrelevant until after the first preseason game. After the first preseason game, when you see Tim go in there, you're going to be able to say, okay, this is how they're going to work him in. This is what he's going to be able to do. Having debates, well, he didn't look good in practice. He didn't look good in practice. He didn't. Uh, Tim Tebow, a discussion on Tim Tebow making the team or not, it's irrelevant until the preseason begins. Even all this stuff in practice, like, well, he's learning these new rules. He's learning. Well, how do you? You can look sloppy in practice and look good in the game, right? Allen Iverson, practice, right? Practice. It's the same concept. It's a little bit different because you got to look. You have to be somewhat. If you're really, really bad at practice, it's going to be tough to be good in the game. But with Tebow, this whole thing, again, it's, he's running out of options. Yeah, he's 34 years old. Time catches up with all of us. Running out of options to what? Be a professional athlete? Well, he tried. Baseball didn't work. I'm not going to rip on the guy for trying. Getting signed to be a member of the Jaguars here in the preseason. I'm not going to rip. Again, if you're rooting against Tim Tebow, you're a turd. If you're rooting for him to fail, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. Well, how can he get an opportunity in Colin Kaepernick camp? Well, Tim Tebow is a fourth string tight end. That's how he's getting an opportunity. If you told Colin Kaepernick, we're going to bring you back. You're going to be a fourth string quarterback. You may make the practice squad. Would he do it for the minimum $800,000? Would he do it? I think he would. Again, I, <laughs> When I saw that today, I was like, guys, debating. <laughs> you know what it is that they talk about Tim Tebow right now? It's the equivalent of debating a baseball team the first month of the year. I remember after about 10 games, like the Astros are done. This this season in baseball. After 10 games, Astros are done. What are they like three and seven? Done. One point, the Astros are nine games below 500. They're done. Astros are done. They're done. Oh, they got the best record in the American League now. Now that we've played 80 games. We're about halfway through the Major League Baseball season. Getting close to it. This week, actually, will be the halfway point for teams. So the Astros, the first month of the year, it's like, oh, they're done. They're done. They're done. That's like what we're doing with Tim Tebow. I don't think he's going to make the roster. There's no way that he makes the roster. You're not going to be able to really tell with Tim until those preseason games begin and how he works into packages and what's going on. Do I think he's got a long road ahead of him? Of course I do. 34-year-olds that are out of the game for eight years and playing a brand-new position, it's tough. It's tough when you're right out of college and you are a All-American in a position. Michael Sam was co-SEC player of the year on the defensive front. Gets drafted. Doesn't even make it, what, two years in the league. It's tough. It's tough. But 
We'll see. But this whole <laughs> debates on Tim Tebow at this point are futile until the, the, until we see preseason games. And then you can make an assessment. Can you get past linebackers on routes? Because if you can't get past a third string linebacker in the preseason, you're not going to get past, you're not going to be able to make it. But until we actually physically see that, you can debate this stuff all you want. Knock stuff out. He's not going to make it. He is going to make it. It's meaningless. Again, don't, you're Houston Astroing the Tim, the Tim Tebow discussion. They're done. They're three and nine. They're done. Can we play more than 12 games? Best record in the American League. All right, here we go. Harpod Sports, the bar. Harpod Sports, the podcast. Harpod Sports, audio, media, radio, network. Uh, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpod Sports along all the platforms. Uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, where you can catch the audio versions. Um, of course, YouTube as well and HarponSports.com. So there you go. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends. <laughs>